are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Hey guys, I love when testimonies like Brent and Lauren's get shared. There's a wake that we all get to just get in. And if you're able to receive, um, it shifts everything. And I love moments like that. And we have been just going after this debt-free by 23 thing. And, um, and I love, you know, Brent's one of the most practical people I know. He, he's just very, he can just do things practical. Actually, Lauren is too. I think Brent's actually less practical than Lauren. So, uh, um, so I just want to just get in that wake. And I, I love it that... Um, they did it by faithfulness too. So many of us, man, I love the miracles that God gives. I love those moments where, you know, he just shows up with groceries at your door or or just big wads of cash, all those things. And Jen and I have experienced that over and over again. But it's just a bummer when we're looking for that miracle provision of God and he's looking for the faithfulness of you. And that's why we just have to have big hearing ears, big listening lives. Hey, Louisa, happy birthday. I think it was your birthday yesterday, right? Is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Just everybody extend your hand to Louisa. Lord, we just say pour out your spirit on her this year. We just say this is going to be the best year yet. We just thank you for the good years of the past, but we thank you just for that upgrade that only comes from gazing upon the one that she loves. And she is such a lover of you, Jesus. And so we just release your love over Louisa. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I I, I want you to tune your hearts in this morning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk in Colossians. That's where we're going to be, so you can turn to Colossians. And, but I just felt like the Lord wants to encounter you this morning. And so I don't mind if you're just in a third heaven encounter, and I'm talking, and you get nothing from what I say. That's going to be a good preach to me. And so I really do. I've been praying about this for a while, and I just felt like I'm doing it. I just felt like the Lord really wants to encounter you this morning with, um, with his love. And I, I, I'm just so honored to be part of this team. We were with the senior leadership this last uh, Wednesday. And Blake and Dan and Lauren, which you guys, you have such an incredible team. I, I, I love Lauren. I, I saw a picture of Lauren uh, a while back and the Lord's kept on building on this vision. But Lauren, I saw a picture of you and Lauren has a, as a gift, she, she has this apostolic administrator gift on her life, which I love administration because it actually facilitates heaven on earth. And that's part of just who she is. And she also has this philanthropic thing on her life. And I saw the Lord just giving her, I saw the Lord take your heart law and just shove the poor of the earth in your heart, especially the poor of our region, the poor of Atlanta. I saw um, him shove it in your heart because he feels like he trusts you that you have more than enough because of the way you rely on him. 
And there's something in that for, again, and our church really is, is one that is called, because we have a leader like Lauren, is called to the poor, the poor of the earth, to reap the kingdom. Because when we have the kingdom, all everything else will be added. And so I just saw the Lord doing that. And then I was thinking about Dan Weber recently, and you guys have heard me say it before. You know, he has a, has a prophetic mantle. He has this uh, prophet mantle on his life, but he's a practical prophet. If you've ever got under his teaching, something happens in the heavens when he teaches. It's not just about the prophetic word, but there's line upon line, precept upon precept that goes into your heart that you can actually do something with. I remember the first time I got to hear Bob Jones and Larry Randolph talk, and I sat for Bob Jones, it was 2003, and he was talking for um, like three hours about eagles and <laughs> geese, honkers, and he's just chatting it up, saying all these things. I had no clue what he was saying because I wasn't used to that yet. And, and Larry Randolph was up there with him, which is another prophet, and Larry's just so practical. So Larry would have to interpret pretty much every other sentence that Bob said, and it was so encouraging to my heart. And I went to school ministry the next day, which was, was a Monday, and everybody was like, oh, I wish Larry Randolph would have just shut up. We knew exactly what Bob was saying. We were up there in the heavens, and I raised my hand, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for Larry Randolph, because I had no clue what Bob Jones was, Bob Jones was saying. Anyway... It was one of those moments. And then I got to ride in a car with Bob Jones this one time, and we were talking, talking. He was just telling me all about eagles and all these things, and I just turned my receiver on. <laughs> yeah. But just this practical prophet gift rests on you. And you guys, when you align yourself with spiritual gifts, you actually get to get in their wake and actually receive what the government of heaven longs to pour out on the earth. And I love that he pours that out through his son, which we're going to see today as the great apostle. But he, he gives gifts to men through actually men and women. You are a gift through the person on your right and left. And I'm just so thankful. Well, so I was, we were with them and they were praying over me and, and Blake was praying over me. And during the prayer, um, I'm just crying and weeping and I can hear my ears just kept on popping open. And I had nothing wrong with my ears. And I, and I feel like the Lord, um, he, he's releasing something right now to your hearing. So I want you to tune in to the Holy Spirit today as I talk and just get ready for um, him to speak to you personally. And as he does, I, I want you to pull out your phones or, or, or get a, some sort of writing um, tablet, something. Again, I'm an iPad guy. So pull something out and just begin to write what he says even as I talk. So uh, we're going to be in Colossians today, and I, I've been really feeling a stirring around this word preeminent. And it simply means to have the first place. Yeah, I, that's right, I was supposed to share this too. Um, for the last couple of years, the Lord's been moving a bunch of people to Atlanta. And there's moments in time where God wants to do something specifically in a geographical location. And I, I just want you guys to, to, to tune in. And what I love about it, did you guys know that God is not only using Bethel Atlanta here in Atlanta? It's laughable, I know. 
we have such a rich history of God in this place. But you can feel, especially the prophetic people, the seers, there's a feeling right now, the, the worship that's happening, there's a feeling where people are moving here and they've been doing that for years, for a long, long time, but something particular is happening in the heavens. I wanna encourage you, so if you've moved here in the last uh, year and a half, two years, would you stand up? Thank you, Father. I just wanna extend our hands to these people. Just extend your... Yeah, good job. You're such Bethel. You're giving them a golf clap right now. Okay, extend your hands to them. We're going to get all over them. If you're by them and they feel comfortable, you can touch them. If they don't, I'm sorry. So I just want you to extend your hands to them. Father God, I thank you that each one of these may have moved here for a different purpose. It may have been for a job. It may have been for grandkids. It may have been for something specific. But I just say that you actually, the heavens are loud right now over Atlanta and you are important. You being here is significant, not only in Bethel, Atlanta, but in the city. And if you're online too, and you call this even your home, I feel like this is for you too. Too. But Father, we just release glory over these homes. We just say, um, I, I heard the Lord say, your voices are loud because your ears have been tuned and you knew how to run and obey when I actually said go. And some of you dropped everything. Some of you were like, I have no clue why. And others, you had a specific purpose. But even in that, we just release grace over your assignment. We release grace over your assignment to see the kingdom come to Atlanta as it is in heaven. And so we just thank you that you're part of that primary mission that is happening right now. So we just release a co-missioning as Bethel Atlanta, who has been here for 13 years, into the mission that God is doing in 2021. So we just bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Just bless them, just bless them. Bless them good. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, in Colossians, we're gonna be there, and, and Colossians is just an interesting book. I love Paul, He's, I just adore him, and uh, there, there's, there's weird things happening in this region. This is a very, um, a very spiritual uh, book. What I mean by that, they use a lot of like heavenly type language. And in there, the, um, you know, a bunch of people were worshiping a bunch of gods. Uh, um, people were worshiping angels. Some weird things was, was happening. And Paul right here is what he's longing to do is to get people back um, just to the beautiful place of who Christ is. And put your hands towards me real quick. I'm just doing what I'm hearing. Capital P. There it is. Spelling something there. That's what I get to do. Say, get Justin good. We just ask that you heal his dyslexia. So he's able to read the word. Super clear. Amen. Thanks. I just want to get healed. So I, I, if I'm up here, I can, I can pray this. So. Preeminent. There's the word. Couldn't read the word. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about one thing that I've been reading for weeks now, and I can't read the stinking word. Preeminent. Okay. So this preeminent, this place of preeminence, this place of putting Christ first. You guys all know, I love in Revelations, it talks about the church of Ephesus returning to its first love. And I've been reading a bunch of C.S. Lewis and a bunch of Brother Lawrence. If you guys ever read Practicing the Presence of the Holy Spirit, just a great book. Um, 
I love just that man that he, he, he finds doing the dishes and being in the kitchen just as important as his prayer times with God. And he's just like, I'd rather be in the kitchen than just be in my prayer time because it's just as significant. And I love that for those with the vocation that don't work within the church, just that the whole um, body of Christ is meant to practice the presence. And this word preeminence is this thing about putting him first, putting him in this first place. And so we're gonna start here in Colossians. I'm right here in chapter one, and we're gonna start in verse 15. So, This is talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. This is the heavenly language that I love it. All things were created through him and for him. And he um, is the... uh, He is before all things and in him all things held together. And this is, you know, just pointing back to the Genesis 2 um, and Genesis 1 account of God creating the heavens and the earth. And they are saying this to the New Testament that Jesus is God and he was there with Father, Son, pardon me, Father and the Holy Spirit creating the heavens and, and calling everything into order. Verse 18, and he is the head of the church, of the body, the church. Thank you, Jesus, that he is the leader of the church. I don't care what you've experienced in church. There's so much right now um, just going out about just the abuse of power within the church. And I feel like one thing that the Lord is longing to do is heal hearts. And so even today as we talk, just open up your heart to be healed by Jesus, by Jesus, the head of the church. So he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, Um, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And so I I love C.S. Lewis. He's one of my favorite um, writers. And, you know, he wrote The Four Loves. How many of you guys have ever read The Four Loves? It's just such a beautiful book. I highly recommend reading it. And he gets to the last love, talking about agape, and talking about that agape is, is, is God's love towards us and God being love. And we love the reference to 1 John here. And in 1 John, we know, that, um, 1 John 4, it says, um, um, so it says, God loved us first. And so there's a positional heart thing that I feel like the Lord is doing. There's parts of our love that um, I love C.S. Lewis. He calls them second loves. And this is is one of my favorite quotes uh, from C.S. Lewis. He says this, there is no good, um, pardon me, there is but one good, that is God. Everything else is good when it looks to him and bad when it turns from him. 
I'm going to read that one more time. There is but one good, that is God. Everything else is good when it looks to him and bad when it turns from him. And there, there's, this, uh, there's this picture right now that, that I feel like is competing for loves. And I, I feel like this word of being preeminent, this word of, of putting God first, you know, if you've been raised in either a fundamentalist uh, uh, church, if you've been raised as a, uh, you know, in a Baptist church, even a lot of charismatic churches, there is this pushing of putting God first. And the beautiful thing about truly putting him first is in that place of, of love, as Brother Lawrence would say, in that place of God being preeminent, in that place of God being first, everything else gets a second place. And I've been very curious lately, and in my curiosity, I've been wondering what is happening with people's attention. Because a lot of times, um, as believers, we don't experience idolatry in a blatant way. And so we're, we're gonna get there in a second, but I, I want to look at this form of him being uh, preeminent, him being first. And I love also in this passage that we just read here in um, Colossians, there, there's, this, uh, there's this moment where he says, for in him all the fullness of God um, was uh, pleased to dwell and through him reconciled to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace um, by the blood of the cross. Th there's this moment that I've been asking myself because so many people are out of peace right now. And remember, peace is simply the alignment of body, mind, soul, and spirit. It's the alignment of, of place where our hearts, our minds, our emotions, and our spirits are in line. And I, I don't know about you, but I've felt out of line a whole bunch this last two years. Has anybody else felt out of line at all? For those of you who haven't felt out of line at all, thank you for just walking in preeminence with Jesus and doing it perfect. And you guys, I just want to give you a thumbs up. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. But uh, we've, as Bethel Church, I feel like there's been this calling back to uh, the simplicity of the gospel, the uh, simplicity of the cross. I, I love this. Making peace by the blood of the cross. Did you know that Jesus' peace was so violent that it took his death? The peace that he paid for your soul cost him everything. And, and, I, and, I, and I've been, been just yearning to look at not only... Uh, peace as an internal job, but also peace as an external job. And I love in, uh, in this context, um, some of the, the reference would go over to Luke 19. And I love Mike, Pastor Mike, uh, where's Mike at? He's somewhere around here. He's in the back. Love you, Mike. You're over there. He preached on Zacchaeus. And at the end of the story of Zacchaeus, it says this curious phrase. It says, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. 
And in most of your translations, it says the lost. It's actually not meaning the lost in that moment. It's meaning all of creations. It's meaning rulers and principalities. And one of the things I felt like the Lord said it's time to adjust first is the principalities and powers in heavenly places. There's something about us lining up right now with heaven to displace what's happening in principalities. And this is why some of these uh, 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 verses to me are so um, curious because Jesus is the one with dominion over these rulers and authorities. And right now, a lot of people are shouting at the rulers and authorities, but they're not displacing them. A lot of people are continuing to be angry with one another. And they're thinking that that's actually bringing the change. And I don't know about you, but I see a bunch of people going into their polar opposites as the other person and pointing fingers. And this is why coming back to this thought of Christ and his preeminence, Jesus and Jesus first, because anything else first is idolatry. If you put your sexuality first, that's idolatry. If you put your republicanism or your democraticism, I just made up a word there. I make up words, guys, it's great. First, anything we start to put first, how do you know you're putting it first? Most likely your attention's going to it. And I don't know about you, but my attention has been just wavering at times. And this just feels like a call to first put our attention because those things don't have to be bad like C.S. Lewis said. They may be good, they may be right, they may be just. Again, anything that becomes first, even our race, our nationality. Any of this stuff, anytime we put something first, how do you know something's first? It's in your thoughts a lot, and we're gonna get there in a moment. It's in your mind a lot. And I, I, I have been convicted, and, and I, we're gonna get there. Okay, let's keep on reading, Justin, you gotta read, which I love reading. All right, so... I can make dyslexic jokes. It's okay. Okay, so therefore, if we're looking at, um, so this next part, go to um, chapter uh, two, verse six. We're gonna start there. And this is where he's really going after some principalities and powers. He says, therefore, um, verse six of chapter two, therefore, as you, you better follow along because I'll make up words. I'll throw words in there. Sometimes I'll get them wrong. I read the ESV just so you all know. So you passion people won't be able to follow along with me anyway. So, <laughs> Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, this again, this so much of this, this language that Paul, he keeps on pointing everything back to Christ because everything got weird there. And they started worshiping angels and doing weird things. Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. I love this moment from this concept of Paul, especially in Romans, he talks so much about justification, meaning you are right standing with Christ for those who believe that Jesus Christ died for them. You are now perfectly right. There's nothing, nothing can steal you out of that position of being justified. But then it call, he goes into sanctification where he's talking your process, walking alongside with Jesus. And this is what it says, um, Christ Jesus, the, the Lord. So walk 
in him, rooted and built upon him, um, um, built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abundant in thanksgiving. See to it that no one um, takes you captive by philosophies, empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elementary spirits. These spirits here, did you guys know that there's a spirit realm? Do you know that there's angels and demons? Sometimes I think we forgot. Even in our, in our culture, we forget that there's real life forms. There's what I love translated would be better translated the Satan, which isn't just one guy with a pitchfork running around going to stab you. It actually is translated adversary. There's an adversary against every human soul from beginning to end that Jesus actually placed underneath our feet because of his death, burial, and resurrection, invited us into. That's why in Ephesians, it says, I forget how many times it's over, at least 14 times in Christ. It's over and over and over in Christ. This is why when the devil comes and says, you're not saved, if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and savior, you are his. Nobody can snatch you out of that. Nobody, it's impossible. But we're gonna get somewhere. It's actually going to be curious in a second. Um, what else do I want to read here? Yeah, I'm going to skip down. Okay. So, uh, verse uh, 14. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Remember, we have all sinned. I, this is the other thing I think for, people are forgetting. Everybody sinned. There's a whole world right now that sin is like, no, I haven't sinned. I haven't done anything wrong. Because there is no wrong. I make up my own wrong. It's called moral relativism. I make up myself what I believe. And the truth is, we have somebody who loved you so much not to leave you the same way. And so in this, so uh, by canceling the record of debt, all of us have this debt. He stood, again, um, he stood against us with its legal demand. He, Jesus came and paid for that legal demand. Um, this, he set aside, nailing it to the cross, back to the cross. He nailed all that stuff to the cross. He um, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them um, to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So there's this moment right now that I feel like we're up against uh, just in the world where um, people are simply and truly looking for identity. And this is the other way you could say it. C.S. Lewis say, says the first love. The other way to say it is actually the only thing that creates security in your identity is in Jesus. I had a, I had a vision uh, back in 2007. I was with Webb and we were talking and I asked the group of young adults that day, I was a young adult pastor at that time, I asked the group of young, um, young adults that day, I said, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I sat there and as soon as I quieted myself and I said, if I could do anything, I would change the heavens. And the very next scene, and again, I had a lot of um, uh, open type visions and visions of heaven, third heaven experiences, we call all different things by that time. And I see in the clouds, I, I see, I, I'm like flying, do these things, you know how you do. If you don't do it, this is going to get weird and that's okay. You can do it too. So 
And all of a sudden, I'm like in this, in this place, and I see this person coming towards me, and I light up in my heart. And I'm like, I see this person in this white robe, and I'm like, Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to come talk to me. I'm like, you know, I start to shudder. I start to shake. I'm just getting so excited inside. And the, the, the person gets close and it gets about four or five or six feet because social distancing, you know, I'm just joking. <laughs> social distancing from me. And I see under this cloak and out of my mouth says, it's only you. And I see what it is. And I, and I just know, I don't know how you know things in those moments, it's like dreams, you just know. I realized it was the demon of shame. And I look at him and I said, it's only you. And immediately I felt like in that moment, he had no power. And I'm realizing when people are trying to put their identity, whether it's in politics, whether it's in sexuality, whether it's in um, your money, whatever it may be in, when, um, we, are, we are falsely right now trying to look at this, uh, this spirit of shame. And there's been so much research. I love some of Brene Brown's stuff on shame. It's just phenomenal, so helpful, so good. Um, but I feel like there's almost an opposite thing happening right now, where in that moment, what actually caused the shame to lose its power is when I realized it's only you. Why can I actually say that? The only reason anybody can say that to shame is because they're in Christ. Because anything outside of Christ is full of shame. I, I just want to let you guys know this can be hard, but I'm talking to believers today. I'm talking to the church. I'm not, I'm not talking to unbelievers. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, there's going to be a moment. But the challenge is the world is going to be riddled with shame until they meet Christ. And I'm not saying because I'm like, oh, we want to keep them in that. The only way to cancel that debt is to be in him, to be in the blood of Jesus. And so we're trying to find ways to get out of shame. And again, it's why sexuality is so important right now. Everybody's trying to get out of it by saying, this is my identity. I am a whatever. The only thing you can truly actually be that has any root or hold is in Christ. That, that's, that's it. And anything else is a misnomer. It's a false reality. It's, it's, it's the perversion. It's the wrong version. Because even in, even in the context of marriage, I, I love it. I love, I love this thought, this, um, that the only thing that's strong enough to hold sex is marriage. Sex like money is so powerful. The only thing strong enough to hold it is actually a marriage between a man and a woman till death do you part. It's the only thing strong enough to hold something so powerful. It's why money and sex are talked about all throughout the Bible. And it's now what we're trying to say. It's the same thing with politics right now. It feels like it's becoming a religion, guys. I care deeply about our nation, our country. I just talked to some friends in Australia. Having, I mean, people are just all over, are just having hard times right now. But anytime, if we start putting identity in our politics, it's become our new God, our new religion. That's right. 
And I don't mean we're not supposed to call to stand up for things. Stand up. But in your standing, make sure the position of your heart stays with him preeminent. Because he'll sound different when it does. And I think that's what's been so confusing right now is we're trying so hard and I've tried so hard. I'm such a person that wants to stand up for justice, whatever it may be, whether it's the unborn or the poor or, or sex is between a man and a woman in marriage, whatever it may be, I, I, or whether it's uh, racial reconciliation. I want to be the first one to stand up, but I get real weird real quick. Why? Because I'm human. And a lot of times my anger begins to rule me. And I get confused. And then I find out dirty golden arrows are coming out of my mouth. And I don't know about you. And again, I'm, sp I'm speaking to myself today. I'm asking my own heart. How do I keep you preeminent? How do I keep you first? Are we okay? I'm okay. Oh, I'm in Thessalonians now. Hopped over. All right, Colossians. So I feel like, I feel like the Lord wants to destroy shame within the church. It's simple. It's through the cross. It's through the cross. It's through his perfect payment that we can look at any enemy and say, it's only you. We can, we can look at any principality and in that place, we can say, it's only you. Chapter three. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. This is like, charismatic language. We love this stuff. We just like eat all this stuff up. We're just like the right hand of God. Okay. Set your mind. This is where it becomes really natural. We just got, we're in the heavens, right? In the heavens, we're getting, you know, tearing down principalities, powers. And then he, and he, and he does that by Christ, but then he, but then he asks you to do something. This is where uh, sanctification comes in. This is the process. Remember, we can't do anything for his love. This is why he loved us first. But then from that process, we get to do a lot. We get to do a lot. And this is what we get to do. So, so walk in love, rooted in building. Oh, I'm back in verse three. Nope. Okay, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. How many of you guys have died? Did you guys forget that? I forget it. I need to remind myself every once in a while that I'm dead. I, now I'm rise, I'm, 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 but I'm dead. There has to, you have to recognize your, remind yourself of that. Um, for you have died and your life is now hidden. This is the in Christ, hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is um, your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, it goes on to put all these things to, to death, which sexual morality, uh, impurity, um, impurity, passions, all these things. And then it goes on down to verse 12. Um, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy, um, beloved, compassionate and kind, 
um, humble, meek, and patient, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive him as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also, um, also must forgive. And above all this, put on love. And, and I wanna say, say two things here to, to, and we'll start closing. The first is, is with this renewing of the mind position, there's an assault right now against our attention. I don't know about you, but I think some of the greatest things that um, are, are coming up when it, when it comes to me is these places of where my attention goes. And I, I love this, uh, I love this uh, quote by Brother Lawrence. We must know before we can love. In order to know God, we must often think of him. And when we come to love him, we shall then also think of him often for our hearts will be with our treasure. And I've been thinking, um, th there's a, a massive just study on um, going out there right now and on tension and how attention right now is our greatest currency. So if, if time is our greatest our, our greatest uh, currency, then attention, pardon me, if time is our greatest resource, then attention is our greatest currency. So this moment of, if you ask yourself what you're spending time on, you will a lot of times know where your treasure is. Now you remember, there's a big difference between shame and conviction. Right now I think a lot of times the church casts out conviction which what does that leave? That leads us stunted and underdeveloped. That leaves us immature. And the beautiful thing about um, uh, sanctification, this process of growing from glory to glory, this process of being in Christ, this process of what we pay attention to, so matters. Where do your head go when you're tired? Where does your head go when you're lonely? Where does your head go when you're angry? Where does your head grow when you feel in love? And I, I literally, I want to take a moment. I want you to ask yourself, where is my attention? Not for guilt, not for shame, but because if we are growing into who God's called us to be in this future, which is a beautiful, pure, spotless bride that's adoring and bringing glory such a way here on earth that heaven is so attracted to this place that people can't help but be saved. People can't help to look at your life and say, everything's different about you. Why? And you get to have these moments of it's because my attention is found somewhere. And that's the beauty of what Brother Lawrence over and over says in his book. He just constantly goes back to this place of, my attention is Jesus. No matter what you're doing. And this is where I've 
got so backwards in so much of my life is, you know, I, I wanted to call everything bad. Anybody else out there? How many of you were raised with religion? Everything was just bad. Everything was bad. So we ran around speaking in tongues all the time and worshiping because that's everything else was bad. It's, 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 it's garbage. Worship can be doing the dishes. It can be changing a diaper. It can be work. It's all of it. The truth is, where is our attention? And I want you to look at those places that are stealing your attention. They feel like a robber that they feel like a thief. And guess what? The person's next to you isn't gonna be the same as yours. This is why our fingers going out this way, judgment out this way looks really yucky. A place that it turns inward and says, Father, come here first. Come here first. Where is my attention? Where am I putting this most valuable resource? So I want to end with an exercise. I do this myself, and I want you to close your eyes. Those that are crossing legs, I want you to put both feet on the floor if you can, only if possible. And we're going to take a deep breath in. And I want you to use all five of your senses. Taste, touch, smell, hearing, the one I forgot. Seeing, it's my favorite. <laughs> and I just want you to ask... Say, Holy Spirit. That was about a half of you. Try again. Holy Spirit. Where is my attention? And those places of beauty, just hold them close. Those places of conviction, hold it close. Those places of condemnation, reject it. Jesus, I ask that you would encounter us. I thank you that our greatest love is not something we do, it's something we receive. That you loved us first. And so all up and down this, these rows, I just pray that our attention would begin to shift in places that our attention feels good and safe, we celebrate. And those, those places that feel off, we just submit that to you. I feel like some of you will begin to hear things. Um, 
there was an encounter I had. Keep your eyes, keep your eyes closed still. There was an encounter I had, uh, I think it was 2004, five, somewhere in there. And I felt like I was breathing heaven. I feel like this exercise is just so helpful to just pay attention to, to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in just such a unique way. And there was this moment where I was just breathing heaven. I didn't know how to describe it. I just knew what was happening within my senses. For a lot of you, this is going to be a place where healing begins to come. A lot of you, if it feels overwhelming to place your attention, it probably means there's a place of pain that you need mourning and grief work. And the Father is so merciful and kind to show up to that place. He's not angry. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. I pray that those that are feeling you tangibly right now on their body, I just pray that you would come more, that the weight of glory the glory of your presence would show up so much more. I pray for those that you're speaking to right now. I just say, enlarge their ears. Greater capacity to hear. Thank you for those that are seeing visions. I just say, open up more. Open up more. Just take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. One more time. In through your nose, out through your mouth. If I could have you stand up. I would really love for you to end um, sometime throughout this week or even today. I would love for you to go talk to somebody about where your attention's been. Guys, we're looking for just this place of spiritual formation where Christ is being formed in us. He's already fully ours, but he's also being formed in us, Right? And I don't know about you, but I want to be an oak of righteousness. And a lot of times in this place of being oaks of righteousness, we need each other to be uh, just those places of people. I, I love this passage in, in James. It says, confess your, sin when to an confess your sin one to another that you might be. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for salvation. But I also want healing to come in my life. And there's a breakthrough when we let each other in. So I want you to let each other in what your attention's going through. Not for some yucky, weird religious accountability, but because we just want to be seen and known. Aren't you just hungry to be seen and known? I'm so hungry to be seen and known. All right. Just put your hand on your heart. Jesus, this heart is yours. This heart is yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Jesus, this mind is yours.
And we thank you that any of us that feel a twinge of shame, we just get to look shame in the eye and say, it's only you. Because I am hidden in Christ. <laughs> All right. We love you. All right, guys. Love you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.